RadioInfluence.com. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. And welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell, and we're your weekly source for performance information. Hey, if you want to reach out to us, please do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is that all-important email. All right, today, listen, I got a bit of a cold, so bear with me, but it's a really, really important show as we put the bookends on our 2021 theme of the Crush Brain Game. We are going to pick it up where we started with Crush Hall of Famer Dr. Martin Morazic. And we're going to review all the incredible conversations, concepts, and ideas that popped up over the course of this year as we spoke with some of the greatest minds in the world when it comes to mental performance, cognitive performance, and what's happening in terms of our understanding of the brain in terms of human performance. What we're able to do now, the new technology that is allowing us to map, monitor, and train the brain real time is changing human performance across the board. and. Our goal at the start of 2021 was to sort of justify the brain game as being one of our top priorities. Right now, we have the four. If you listen to the show, you know that sleep, rest, and recovery is our number one priority. Nutrition, hydration, number two. Number three is posture and range of motion. You're set up. Critically important to making sure you have success in whatever it is you're doing. And then number four, movement, teaching fundamental movement skills so you can be more coachable. Frankly, that's what it's all about. But then there's this whole thing over this last decade in the background, this movement and this understanding and the technology that is allowing us to better comprehend this thing inside of our skulls. One of the most amazing organisms in our universe without question. It's a universe unto itself, really. Such a big topic. Uh, But we did a really good job this year of breaking it down and getting a better understanding of where we're at in terms of the brain game. You know, we've been fairly reactive when it comes to the mental side of sport. But listen, psychology and the mental side of performance is just one small piece of that brain game puzzle. We're talking about personality, perception, attitude, you know, how you think about things, how you respond and process information. All of these things and many, many more constitute this massive topic called the crush brain game. So we have a lot more to do, but I think we've done a good job and we're going to review it all here. And then we're going to decide at the end of today's show whether the Crush Brain Game should be one of the top priorities in performance. So let's get out for a quick break. When we come back, Crush Hall of Famer Dr. Martin Morazic joins us as we wrap up the Crush Brain Game. Stick around, everybody. It's going to be an incredible conversation right after this. This week's episode of Crush Performance is brought to you in part by Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life, and Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. I've been lucky enough to spend over 30 years working in the world of high performance sport, and if there's one thing I've learned, it's that no two athletes are the same. So when we're building our performance programs, we attack the individual and we always work from the inside out because change, it's an inside job. 
Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. And using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you. And then it offers you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. But it's confusing out there. There is a barrage of bias, misleading, and personal information that creates doubt and confusion. And that's exactly where Inside Tracker comes in. It's the only human performance system that integrates real-time physiomarker data from your fitness tracker with your existing blood and DNA biomarker data. We don't merely show you the normal biomarker zones, we show you the optimal biomarker zones and numbers that are best for your body. In sport, time is of the essence, and there's not a second to lose. It's another reason we love Inside Tracker. Track your progress and make meaningful adjustments based on real time feedback from your body. Listen, as your body improves, your biomarkers change too. Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way for better performance and better health. And I really want this for you, your family, and your athletes. So here's what we've got. For a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash crush. That's insidetracker.com backslash crush with a K and get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Discover your body's potential with Inside Tracker because what's inside is what counts. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 101260 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Hey, if you want to get in touch with us, questions, comments, smart remarks, we love them all. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crushperformance is our email. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crush and on all other social media platforms. Get to us at crushperformance.com. Listen, we got a brand new website coming, so stay tuned. I know we've been talking about this for a while, but um, this is something I'm really excited about. So many cool new ways to share even more information than we've been sharing. So keep your eyes open for that, and we will keep you posted. All right, today, let's get down to it. As we wrap up our look into the crush themes from 2021, uh, talent and talent ID last week with Dr. Joe Baker, just such an incredible conversation, wrapping up an entire year of talent and talent ID conversations, just fascinating stuff. And it also sets the stage moving forward, but we have to wrap up our second theme from 2021. And that's the crush brain game. The idea of course, as we mentioned was where does the brain rank in terms of human performance and how we set ourselves up for success? Well, just as we did last week with Dr. Baker, we want to put the bookends on the Crush Brain Game, getting back to where we started. So let's get to it. And we're joined now by Crush Hall of Famer, Dr. Martin Mrazek, clinical neuropsychologist at the University of Alberta. Dr. Mrazek, we started our endeavor, our adventure into the Crush Brain Game with you, and we're lucky enough to wrap it up with you. So glad you could join us today. Well, as always, it's great to be here, Crush. Well, listen, it's been an adventure to say the least. You know, we cracked open this this rabbit's hole that we're calling the Crush Brain Game. And I think, you know, when we started, we, we really couldn't come up with a great name for this this little investigative journey we went on. But we knew that the brain, whether it was psychology or personality, mood, decision making, perception, all of these things that make up this incredible universe and this incredible organism uh, that's ultimately mission control for everything we do. The crush brain game was sort of what we called it. And our quest this year was to sort of decide where does it rank in terms of setting people up for success? And I think over the course of this year, we've really discovered how in depth and incredible 
this in, uh, organism is, and also uh, that it is most certainly a top priority when it comes to human performance. Yeah, I mean, as we've discussed, I mean, the, the human brain is a very complicated, sophisticated piece of machinery, and the neurosciences are really advancing a learning uh, through imaging techniques and other ways to measure brain functioning. And so it's really helped us uh, get some more insight into it. And I, I you know, it, there's, a, there's a broad field out there. And, and so I don't think you're going to run out of things to say when it comes to brain games. It's a great way to, to frame it, a great way to think about it, and a great way to, to talk about some of the emerging cutting-edge issues that, that are in sports performance. Yeah, well, going back to some of our early conversations with you and some of our other guests on the Brain Game series, one of the things has come uh, become apparently clear, and that is the fact that when it comes to addressing uh, brain performance, whether it's uh, psychology or whether it's dealing with anxieties or distractions or whether it's helping athletes perceive and understand, uh, we seem to be very, very reactive uh, when I think there's a massive opportunity here based on all of our conversations to be incredibly proactive and turn that ship around. And I think that's kind of where we're at in the crush brain game right now, Dr. Morazic. Yeah, I, I sure agree. And, and as you say, uh, when we think of some of the fundamental principles that are involved in how the brain functions and you really examine that and put it in a sport context, that can, can really be helpful for, for every athlete at, at no matter what level. And when we think of how the brain works, I mean, we have the frontal lobes of the brain, and they're very active and involved in new learning and decision-making. And so as athletes are learning new skills or developing themselves, they're going to do a lot of thinking and decision-making. But as we've learned from, from other areas, um, as, as we become more efficient at learning, as we become more efficient at, at playing the piano or playing music, we see this movement of activity from the frontal lobes back to the parietal lobes, which are kind of the, uh, the cruise control of the brain. And when we look at athletes and, and, and how they perform at high levels, we do notice that, that uh, the higher level athletes, they actually tune out a lot of the thinking, the overthinking that can come uh, and that can negatively affect performance. And so when we see this interesting transition, they did this with chess players, they, they did this with uh, piano players, we saw this, this movement from the frontal lobes of the brain to the parietal lobes of the brain. And what that tells us is that when people are more relaxed, when they're dialed into, uh, you know, things like, uh, you know, using their, their vision or using, uh, you know, relaxation techniques, they're much more, there's, there's a lot less decision making going on. And so as we apply that for, to athletes, especially when it comes to improving performance or tuning out some of the, the challenges or when they're in a slump or when they're having a difficult um, uh, time of, of perfecting a skill, uh, then understanding how the brain works can be very, very helpful. Yeah, and that's really interesting, isn't it? And, and I think one of the words that have come up over this, um, uh, this year's endeavor and look into the crushed brain game, a couple words come to mind here. One is awareness, but I think that goes hand in hand with a powerful word that you and I have talked about before, and that's mindfulness. Now, awareness and mindfulness are great words to think about, and it can sort of lead you down the road, but you still have to know what to do in order to be effective, right? You have to have the tools and the strategies, so to speak, to put it all together, and that's very difficult to do on your own. I, I say it's almost very, virtually impossible. Yeah, it, no, exactly, exactly. But I think what's uh, what's very interesting is that when we look at um, how athletes establish, ha uh, you know, good patterns and successful patterns, what they do is is that overthinking that goes on. Especially, you need to overthink things, 
initially when you're learning a skill. So if you're, you know, taking a wrist shot or trying to perfect the Leon dry saddle, one timer, those type of things, you have to do a lot of thinking, but then we want to have athletes tune that out. And so one of the, the important strategies that we're learning from how the brain works is how do you shut off that overthinking? And that goes back to the, the routine, the practice, setting your mind up for to being in a relaxed state. Um, that's why we see athletes when, when they've struggled in a certain arena or in a certain event or they're, they're not really successful with getting their, their shot in from a certain location, what do they do? Well, they have to shut down that frontal lobe that, that's always analyzing and giving you all these thoughts that, that can uh, be productive when you're learning, but they're not very productive when you're trying to effortlessly perform a skill. And that's where the mindfulness, the relaxation, all those things that are so important when it comes to performance, uh, engaging in some of those strategies can be very, very helpful. Yeah, and I like it if it happens early on. And that's why conversations like this, I feel, are really, really important. We're talking with Dr. Martin Mrazek, clinical neuropsychologist and crush favorite uh, from the University of Alberta. Um, you know, Dr. Mrazek, this brings me back to a conversation we had um, boy, a few years back now when uh, Urban Johnson came into town um, as your guest and we had a fantastic conversation about his research, looking at that sort of distraction um, sort of scenario that's leading athletes astray from pure, pure performance. That conversation still resonates with me today. And I, I think, you know, when we started talking to uh, Dr. Johnson I personally started to really get a, a grasp of how important it is to be proactive here. But the idea of hassle scores and just identifying distractions, but also um, interacting and introducing coping mechanisms. What a huge package of information that was. Yeah, for sure. And he's, he's really, I think, helped the field understand. And, uh, you know, some of the things that some of the principles that he talks about, it's not just, okay, do this technique and you'll be better. It's not just looking at very uh, basic symptoms. It really is looking at much more than that. And you can't just fix something uh, easily um, just by looking at one piece of it. And so when he talks about including mindfulness as part of a, of a performance uh, enhancement strategy, when he talks about uh, the importance of really looking at and evaluating sources of stress and then how are athletes combating that, uh, when you're nervous about a game that's coming up, how do you deal with that when you're nervous about suddenly you're you're either guarding or you have a, a somebody guarding you that's a, a high school player? How do you deal with that when the pressure's on at the free throw line in the last minute of the game? How do you deal with that? Well, it's not just adopting one quick strategy. It's really kind of a lifestyle. You program the brain to react in the best way possible in that moment. And that's certainly a complex step. And yet a lot of what you've talked about this year in the show, I think are really tangible ways that athletes can say, okay, if I want to perform at my peak in these, these key uh, intervals, this is what I have to do. And so I think, uh, like you say, the discussions from Dr. Johnson have been very helpful, but also the other topics that you've covered are really, really helpful in terms of uncovering the power of the brain. Oh, boy, boy. And, and I agree with you. And, oh, you are you are preaching and singing to the choir here when you talk about training the brain and, and you know, helping the brain uh, deal with uh, situations. And, and, and like you said, I love the concept of a, adopting a lifestyle because the quick fixes don't really work. I mean, they never have. They, they may help you short term, but it's never a long term approach or a long term benefit. This idea of lifestyles really, really resonates with everything we've talked about all year on the show. And. One thing that we really have grasped is 
you know, this understanding and whether it's through the research that, that you guys are doing, I know a lot of it's come out of the concussion world. So, so a lot of work it is, uh, comes from, from what you guys are doing and helping advance our understanding of the brain. But the way we're now able to understand, better understand and train the brain, uh, we're at a whole new, we're at a whole new level there. Doors and windows of opportunity have opened because of our understanding now of how the brain works and also, um, how we can maybe modify environments to help condition the brain to, to make that lifestyle change. Does that, does that make sense with you? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I think of some of the functional MRI imaging studies that, uh, that have uh, done. And what they do is they put people in brain scanners and they give them different emotional states to think about and how that activates certain parts of the brain and how thinking about certain thoughts well, we kind of knew this, right? If you dwell on anxiety, you're probably going to get more anxious or you dwell on positive things. Well, now we can actually see that happening, right? That we, we're actually seeing the, the specific correlates in the brain areas that are, that are activated or deactivated when athletes are in a stressful state or when they think certain thoughts. And I, I think that's really helpful because, uh, you know, when I think of some, some interesting uh, uh, research that's come out of uh, Stanford University and what they have their, their athletes doing is that they, they work on, for example, free throw. And if they have problems with their free throw because they're anxious or uptight, they have them repeat that and they have uh, the athlete think of a color or think of an image as they're shooting the free throws in a, in a relaxed state. And then when they're practicing, they start to introduce these elements of, of, of stress. So they have horns going off, all these kind of things. But the athlete just goes back to that relaxed state by pairing uh, a happy thought or a color or something that they've used uh, when they're translating or when they're in, in that stressful situation. And it's been very interesting that they've seen free throw percentages increase. They've seen batting averages increase just by using basic brain uh, behavior relationships and Pavlovian conditioning. So it's, it's pretty powerful when we put people in a scanner and we see this, and then we put them on the free throw line and we put them in front of a pitcher and we can see these improvements. So it's, it's pretty neat stuff. Oh, no, it's fascinating. Isn't that incredible? We're actually using our weaknesses uh, for the better here. We're, 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 we're turning the tables, so to speak, because a distraction uh, can take you away. Now we're conditioning ourselves with a particular distraction that can keep us on task. It's, it's incredibly fascinating. And the fact that it's happening really, really does resonate with this whole idea that, that it's so trainable, right? Very much so. And I mean, you know, when you hear some of the uh, the old school hockey players like Gretzky and how there were certain teams or certain arenas that he loved, well, why was that? Well, there was something about that was re being reinforced in his brain when he was out there. And now we can learn from that and see that he was probably in a more relaxed state. He was probably more primed. He was probably thinking or overthinking less in those situations. And so it really helps us understand that the brain, as complex as it is, there are some basic principles that you can reinforce that help athletes with establishing peak performances. So yeah, it's, it, like, it's, like I said before, it's, it's very interesting that some of the, the, the intuition that we had about sports performance, we can really relate it to science now. We have scientific evidence for it, and then we can keep using that to build uh, performance and enhance performance in, in athletes at all levels. No, hey, that Gretzky uh, analogy or story is actually really interesting to me because you know working in sport uh as i have i've seen and actually work with those athletes that for whatever reason just simply have success in certain ballparks or certain fields or certain arenas like you mentioned 
And it's always fascinated me. I wonder if this could be some sort of self-fulfilling prophecy where maybe they just caught fire one day, maybe early in their careers at a certain ballpark or against a certain pitcher or against a certain, you know, uh, opponent. And when they get into uh, that sort of scenario again, uh, the fact that they've had, you know, previous success, maybe that feeds future success, kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Is that a realistic sort of uh, takeaway from that as well? Maybe part of the picture anyway. Well, I think so. And if, if, if when you look at interviews or you listen to interviews from these individuals and you ask them what was different, they would probably tell you they just had that confidence. And where does that confidence come? Well, it comes from being relaxed. You can't be tense and be confident at the same time. Secondly, there's that automaticity where people say that their bodies just take over, their minds take over. Well, that comes from really training the brain to be relaxed, to be uh, open to experience and not to overthink. And some, some athletes are just really prone to overthinking. And, and there's a range of that. And some people are underthinkers. But especially for the overthinking, anxious athletes, that's such an important concept, right? It's just to tune out, uh, to really think of your mind state when you're in a situation you've been very successful before. Uh, so that's exactly what uh, some of the research is telling us. Yeah, we're talking with Dr. Martin Morazic, clinical neuropsychologist and professor at the University of Alberta. Um, Dr. Morazic, like this is an absolute fascinating wrap up to the Crush 2021 the- uh, theme, uh, the Crush Brain Game. I really do believe that we we need to pay more attention to this early on. And can you imagine, Dr. Morazic, if, you know, in, in the crush performance world, sport is just our platform. I mean, the benefits that, you know, the things that go on in sport, the benefits go well beyond sport into life. So that's one of the exciting things. But when we talk about this, when we talk about dealing with adversity or anxiety, if sport just could be a, a platform for that. Boy, oh boy, the transfer into life is almost direct. It's just a powerful, powerful tool for performance, but life in general, performance in life. Without question. And when we, when we talk to, and, and you look at, uh, you know, broad scale studies, athletes will tell you what a, what a transformative uh, influence that sports had on their life. And if it wasn't for playing hockey, if it wasn't for playing a certain sport, how much of an impact it did. And I think sports offers, especially team sports, offers so much. Uh, within that context, we have to make sure, of course, that uh, there's there's some things that, that can go very wrong. Uh, but on the other hand, there's a lot of things that can go very right. And I think most people will look back at their sport experience, their team experience, their teammates, and that's something they want to continue on even beyond their, their playing career. So, yeah, absolutely. Does it translate to, to life? It sure does. Yeah, I think so as well. It's just so important that we get our youth as early as possible involved in sport in uh, as many ways as possible. Team sports, individual sports. I think the school system plays a major role here. And, you know, we're doing okay there. I don't know if we're doing great, but we're doing okay. I think the curriculum for physical education could not just be better for getting people interested in sport for life, but also impacting academics and and the whole cognitive development side as well. Those two worlds just cross. We'll talk about that another day for sure. But but when it comes to sport, the coaches play such a major role. Hey, we have to cut out for a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our wrap-up of the Crush Brain Game with Dr. Morazic. Let's get into coaching and developing environments where we can maximize performance and maybe just getting kids fired up about playing sports. All that's coming up right after this on Crush Performance. Stick around, everyone. 
Our next Crush partner has a product that's become part of my daily routine, Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I was looking for something to help boost my immune system, boost energy, and help support recovery. I'm taking it every day. It's easy to use, and it tastes real. It has a fresh, tropical kind of taste that I really like. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. In our athlete performance programs, sleep recovery and nutrition are top priorities. Athletic Greens not only supports better sleep quality and recovery, it also supports mental clarity and alertness, which is not only good for our athletes, it's great for everyone. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. In fact, Athletic Greens was created after the founder experienced just how difficult it is to create an optimal nutrition program on your own. Athletic Greens is cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. It's like you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance plan. And on top of all this, for every purchase, a donation is made to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry in the U.S. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially as we head into the cold and flu season. And right now, I've got an incredible deal for you. For all you crushers out there, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash crush. That's athleticgreens.com backslash crush with a K and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. So order now. That's athleticgreens.com backslash crush with a K. Get yours right now. And when you do, just a heads up, you're going to need a smaller cabinet. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash crush and sign up now. You're listening to Crush Performance with Jeff Crushell. Get the Crush podcast, newsletter, and performance links at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell. Hey, thanks for joining us today. It's a really big show as we wrap up our 2021 theme, The Crush Brain Game with Dr. Martin Morazic. You know, this is a show that I've been waiting for all season long. Such great conversations over the course of this year as we try to look at what the brain game is all about. It's such a massive, massive undertaking. There are so many aspects to this brain game, sports psychology being part of it, personality. We talk about ambitions, attitude, approach, perception. There's so many different areas. But one of the things that we're really, really looking at is where should we rank the brain game in terms of preparing ourselves for success? Well, that's what we're getting to today as we sum it all up with Dr. Morazic. All right, Dr. Morazic, thanks for sticking around over the break. So I've been focusing a lot and, and uh, a big part of our audience are, are is coaches and we love the coaches and we've spent a lot of time on our talent and talent ID series talking to the coaches and talking about coaches uh, about the process of development and sort of like critical windows of development. And you and I have talked about this on the, on the show as well. Um, young athletes, uh, I think sometimes we underestimate them greatly, but we also maybe sometimes overestimate their ability to handle things that we address with older athletes as well. Wouldn't it be fascinating, Dr. Morazic, 
if and maybe it's out there already, but wouldn't it be fascinating if we sort of looked at this whole idea of dealing with anxiety or mindfulness or training the brain for performance, like you mentioned, uh, focusing on a color or a word or a song in the heat of battle to take you back to that performance zone? Um, can you imagine if we had like a progressive development model that would help coaches teach some of this at the youth levels, T-ball, uh, Pop Warner football, Little League, you know, um, um, hockey, you know, all of these youth, and then bring that up and develop and build on that as an athlete goes through the system and, and, and grows. Whether they go high performance or not, it doesn't matter because, boy, oh boy, what a powerful thing this is. And we're, we're learning this through this, this entire uh, season. For sure. And, you know, when you think of the impact that a coach has on an individual player and how they can help an individual athlete deal with whatever is weighing them down and to include some of these these tools. I mean, I remember myself when I was playing basketball that uh, I had a few key coaches that, that knew that I was an overthinker. And so they, they kind of addressed that, right? And they, they kind of knew that, that, you know, I can be very distracted when I was nervous. And, and so, yeah, when, when you think of applying that, and, and I think it's, you know, coaches want athletes to succeed, and they're very good at, at teaching physical skills. And just rounding that out with the more mental skills, uh, what a what a powerful tool that can be, and I think some of the really great coaches do that, right? They incorporate that mindfulness, they incorporate that, and they really understand how to motivate athletes. And Claire Jake was such a great example right. uh, here at the university of of being a great motivator, but somebody that really understood his athletes, and and he certainly incorporated some good sports psychology. Even though you know back then uh, when he first started coaching, he was kind of uh, you know new in his field that uh, he was doing things that other people hadn't done before. And you talk to former players will certainly talk about how he's very mindful of how they function and how to motivate them. So I think there's great examples like that in the coaching world. Yeah, I agree. You know, we've looked in, in depth at this at the professional level, and we've seen, you know, really interesting, I guess, approaches to this. So, you know, for example, I can maybe I just paraphrase a little bit here because I don't have my notes in front of me. But if we look at the Patriots and and Belichick, um, he has just a, some, a simple just a simple list of rules, you know, that there's something like, Hey, know your position, you know, be prepared, know your position, trust your teammate, right? Um, think of the team first, you know, just simple rules that help guide sort of the attitude of his team. And then they support their players to no end. The coaches are at the players, um, beck and call to help them develop, understand, and, and really, really prosper in their positions 24 hours a day. So they've got that kind of culture. But one of the ones that's really fascinated me over the years is looking at the Antonio uh, uh, the Spurs and you know there's a coach that that can you know on the courts can seem gruff and really aggressive and screaming and yelling and he does that and he's noted for that but when you talk about what happens behind the scenes you hear words about caring and personal and 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 relationships and it's really really interesting to see how these different approaches work for different coaches but incredibly effective Right. And I think that's the important thing is that there's, there's so many individual differences. And I think that, that coaches that are really good at connecting with their players know how to communicate about their expectations and about their, what they, what they bring to the table. And I think there's, there's a, a significant, uh, you know, mismatch between a coaching style and a player style. And there's no communication uh, along the way that can be very, very problematic. And so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, a hundred percent just the, the, the psychology that goes into being a mindful coach to really understanding if a player is having a bad game and what they need in that moment. And then for athletes to think about what they need in that moment. 
Uh, Coach Krzyzewski is going to be retiring this year from uh, NCAA basketball. He was a master at that. Every player he talked to, uh, you know, that played at, uh, at Duke will tell you that he was really good at, at knowing when to motivate them. Uh, so that's a great example of somebody that I think really understood these nuances of, of using himself to communicate with a player who could be very different from him, but really able to bridge that gap and motivate them and make them feel and allow them to be as successful as they possibly can. Yeah, no, very interesting. We're talking with Dr. Martin Morazic, clinical neuropsychologist at the U of A. Uh, Dr. Morazic, so that is a very interesting discussion. And it kind of goes back to, I think, what you were saying before about, you know, knowing your athletes, taking the time to know and understand the athletes. You know, some of the athletes are overthinkers. Some of them just have a very simple approach. And I could tell you from personal experience that we've had players who have just had that simple approach. Their lives aren't complicated. They're not complicated. And the game just stays very easy and flowing for them. And then you have other other players who, you know, might be those overthinkers, but they're very detail oriented. You know, they're very um, um, regimented in their ways. And they've also found ways to, to limit, like you said, those thoughts and distractions, which is really, really critical because you have those distractions in the game. We talked about the opponents, the crowd, the horns and all the game action, noise and distractions. But then there's also those distractions away from the field. And boy, oh boy, if you can harness those two worlds and get them working in harmony then I think we really, really do give people a chance to tap into their potential. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And I, I think every player that's, uh, you know, that's played at any level will know that they, they've probably had, uh, you know, different experiences with coaches and, you know, dealing and figuring out how to work and with a coach can be, can be a real challenging thing. And yet, you know, when an athlete kind of owns that and understands how they react, and again, the, the whole concept of mindfulness, when, when people are more relaxed around other people, when they're more relaxed and they allow themselves and they take strategies to help themselves relax, you just tend to make better decisions. Because if you're overthinking it, if you're anxious, you're going to make poor decisions. And that's reflected in the injury outcome research, as we've talked about many times. So it really does come down to athletes understanding themselves and what uh, how, how they can really function optimally by decreasing stress. And when they are stressed, what strategies they take and how they can include mindfulness, how they can uh, in, include things, uh, you know, with communication, how they talk to themselves, how they how they reflect on their experiences. All those really, really vital components to it can really allow an athlete to flourish, even if they're having a tough year, even if they're having not the best connection with the coach, uh, even if there is stress going on. Athletes can be very successful in those circumstances in spite of what's going on. Yeah, you can be proactive. Um, it's very, very trainable, so you can practice it. Uh, you might need some help and some guidance, and that's perfectly fine. That's what the sporting world and business world and scholastic world, music world, that's what it's all about. Uh, teachers, mentors, coaches, helping everybody navigate the system. Um, so we, I think we're at a point now in terms of the crushed brain game, Dr. Mrazic, where I think we all agree that, hey, we're too reactive, so we need to be more proactive, which means we've got to get on this brain game thing a little bit earlier. Uh, we know that there are incredible strategies, as you mentioned, focusing on a color. I mean, I've seen sort of the psychology exercises in, in terms of just strength where, you know, somebody will hold up uh, a, 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 a piece of paper that is painted or colored hot pink. And then all of a sudden somebody's strength goes through the roof. There is a psychological magic going on there. But we know that it's real. Now, if we can harness that and practice that, we've got something going. So I think we understand Brain game is incredibly important. 
We can be proactive and there are strategies that we can now work into our systems to help athletes not just be better right now, but evolve and grow on that side of sport. Very, very exciting time, I think, in terms of human performance uh, when we talk about the brain game. Yeah, absolutely. All, all does come down to understanding the tool that's that three-pound organ in your head, which is the brain. And the more we understand about it, I think the more we can apply uh, what we're learning. And I, I, I don't know about you, you've been in this field longer than, than I have, Jeff, but I, I think when we look at the wiggle room where the variance, physical training seems to have come a long, long way. But I think we have farther to go with the mental game than we do with the physical game. And we've learned a lot about how the body responds. But it seems to me that the mental side of things is where we probably have more wiggle room. I, I agree 100%. And that's what sort of spurred on the crushed brain game, Dr. Morazic. I'm a firm believer that the the mind and, and what we're able to do in terms of monitoring, training, practicing, and controlling the mind is the next bastion to or the, the corridor to the next level of human performance. I truly believe that. And I think we're starting to see it now as we tap into this. Um, one of the things we've tried to do, and this has been a Pandora's box for us, <laughs> is we, we've tried to describe the brain, this universe, this incredible organ that's, you know, mission control for the body. And, you know, Dr. Morazic, we've talked about things like sports psychology for sure, but we've talked about uh, personality. We've talked about mood. We've talked about perception, learning. We've talked about decision-making, reaction time. We've talked about, you know, relationships and, and all of these different areas. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, as we've opened this Pandora's box to the brain, um, but I think we've come to a place where we've decided that uh, we certainly are going to be ranking the brain as one of our top priorities. And now I think we need to do a better job of maybe defining what it's all about and then maybe compartmentalizing the areas that we can maybe address first. I don't even know if that's possible, Dr. Moraz. Maybe it's individual. But, I mean, there's certainly, you know, a broad expanse of topics that you can, can cover within, within that field for, for sure. And you just mentioned a bunch of them. Uh, how nutrition and sleep and all these things affect uh, brain performance. And, and I think you're right that I think we, we have to you, you break it down a little bit, look at specific and select topics. And I know you've done a lot on nutrition and sleep and, and hydration and those type of really important concepts. And I think that just continuing to define that, learning what we, we, we have, uh, applying new learning to that field, uh, I think can just really, really uh, just continue to evolve the sport and evolve the, the whole mental approach and the sports performance uh, uh, side of things in the athletic competition field. Yeah, I see such a huge opportunity here, Dr. Morazic, for youth development organizations in every single sport. I see a massive, massive opportunity for collegiate and professional sporting organizations here. And and I, I, I'm not exaggerating, a massive opportunity uh, because I don't think we're doing a very good job of this across the board. There are some there's some good things happening out there, but boy, oh boy, I don't think we've really got that systematic pr- approach down. Uh, but again, it is a Pandora's box. And as I think you said, we're sort of on the early stages of our understanding here, but we're making progress. And it's like anything else in science and learning. I, again, I, on my on my board, everybody who listens to the show knows that on my cork board sitting right in front of me right now, I've got this little post-it note that says, what I don't know could fill a warehouse. And here's what I can tell you right now through this adventure of the crushed brain game here in 2021 that warehouse is getting pretty full mister i'm telling you it was already full before but it's getting really full now as we learn as we learn more we're learning there's more to learn if that makes sense yeah 100 percent. i mean there's lots of things that you don't know what you don't know i mean it's an endless vacuum of 
of things that we don't know. But at the same point as you say, I, I think we are really, um, you know, advancing our understanding of what do works and how important certain things are, uh, like sleep and nutrition and hydration and mental preparedness and mindfulness and all those types of things, and how actually how much they can change the variance and outcomes and in injuries. Uh, and injury recovery. So I think we're learning those things that really, you know, at, at a much higher level than we were 10 years ago. Yeah, no, Dr. Marazic, for sure. All right. So listen, you kicked this conversation off and I think we've wrapped it up in fine form here today. But I also uh, think this is just the first stage of our journey in the brain game. So um, please be patient as we bug you and bother you heading into 2022 here because the brain game has officially become one of our top, not four crush priorities, but it is now the fifth top crush priority in, in helping set our athletes up for success. And we all here realize that we're just on the front edge of understanding this. Dr. Morazic, for all of our listeners who have been following the series all year, uh, who have heard you right from the get go, um, any any sort of parting advice or words as we sort of wrap up here in 2021 and head into 2022, uh, where the crush brain game will now uh, be sort of covered under the, under the umbrella of organizational and team performance. But as we sort of wrap up this first phase of our crush brain game uh, investigation, um, any, any advice for our parents, coaches and athletes who are listening today? Yeah. You know, for me, I, I think my, my main uh, focus right now is when we think of optimizing players and performance, I think it really does come down to mental health. I think this past year we have certainly seen with COVID how that has really created uh, a lot of uh, stress uh, for many athletes. And this really goes back into what you were saying a year and a half ago, which is uh, this is an opportunity for us to really explore what I think is the mindfulness and being able to manage anxiety and being able to think through who we are as athletes and what we do well and uh, what we what we have to work on. So that kind of mindfulness, uh, I think, is really important. I've certainly seen a high number of athletes that are dealing with a lot of stress because of COVID because of the isolation that comes with it, because of the lack of connectiveness. And so I think those are really important components. So give somebody a hug. Go have an in-person conversation. Stop being on your phone and say, well, this is the data in me coming out. But uh, uh, instead of Snapchatting, go have a conversation, a meaningful conversation with somebody where you're not distracted and see how powerful that can be on your daily life. Dr. Morazic, thank you so much for all of your work all of your uh, information and thank you for coming on the show and, and really steering this brain game conversation uh, to where we are now. Exciting, exciting times. Much appreciated, Dr. Morazic. Well, thanks for having me and uh, really appreciate the opportunity to, to journey with you and your enthusiasm and, and everything that you've brought to the table uh, through uh, brain games. It's made me think a lot and I think uh, there's a lot of great things for, for athletes. So thanks for the opportunity. Oh, our pleasure. Much, much more to come. And that's a warning shot across the bow to you, mister, because we have your phone number now. <laughs> <laughs> And I say that kind of jokingly, but we will be using that number because the Crush Brain Game, let's face it, it's been a fantastic year looking at that theme. Uh, today's kind of really summed it up, everybody. It's important. And I can officially say that the Brain Game is now one of our top priorities. So, you know, written kind of in stone in our world, just to review everything here, we've had four major priorities that we believe have to be addressed before you even pick up a ball or strap on your skates or even start practicing your sport. And, and, and again, I'm, this is big picture stuff, but, but even from youth development, right up to our elite world-class Olympic and professional athletes in our programs, they have been the 
bedrock, the foundation on which everything is built. And they have been, for the last decade or longer, they have been uh, rest, recovery, and sleep is king. After that, nutrition and hydration play an incredibly important role in setting yourself up for success. And then posture, alignment, range of motion, the way your body is set up, even before you start practicing, start learning your skills, is just absolutely fundamentally critical. And it's something we do not do well. Fail. We get a really big failing mark collectively across the board on that one. And then movement, fundamental movement. And I'm not talking sports specific movement, but I am talking just fundamental movement skills. Okay. From top to bottom and from bottom up, but most importantly, interacting with the ground. Well, those four have been written in stone for us, but over the last decade, something has sort of been lurking in the background. And we've been very, very reactive when it comes to the mental side, the brain game side of sport. But listen, psychology is just one small piece of the brain game. Uh, And, you know, through this last brain game uh, series that we've had, talking to some of the greatest people on the planet, some of the greatest minds who are, you know, working in that area of human performance. It's just been fascinating conversations talking about, uh, you know, bio and neurofeedback heart rate variability, even conductivity and controlling your body's temperature, skin conductance, all of these things that are now you know, very trainable that we thought were just sort of the way we were, sort of those innate untangibles that were just made up who we are. Well, we're discovering now that not only can we measure those things, we can train them in real time. The new technology that's now out that, that really spurred on the crush brain game uh, conversation has changed the landscape. And for the better, by the way, there are so many things we can do now in terms of mapping, looking at how the brain is responding, but most importantly, training the brain real time for our athletes, getting them to control their thoughts, their mindset, and then working around all the other areas like perception. You know, the eyes are the only part of the brain that are outside of the skull, outside of that cranium, that brain cavity, right? But the input that goes into your eyes, we know so much more about that and how the brain perceives it. But also, we know how to train it now. And for your sport, by the way, we need to come up with a long-term plan for this now. And that's what the next step will be for sure. But what an exciting conversation. What an exciting time in human performance. So it's now official on this day in January on Crush Performance in 2022, the brain game is officially the fifth top priority in athlete development and athlete performance. It is something that has to be evaluated and looked at prior to really doing a deep dive into sport performance. And it has to be something that you check back on continually. So like, for example, if a professional organization were to call me in to review their program or, or to help oversee or, or build a performance program for their developmental system or for their elite professional athletes, um, we would start with these five things. Where are you at in terms of the crush brain game? Where are you at in your sleep recovery and rest? Where are you at in your overall programming and making sure that rest is a priority, not work? Work is not the priority in the big game of human performance. The work 
should be built in around the rest. We're at the mercy of the competitive schedules. We understand that for sure, but we need to make sure that rest and recovery is programmed in properly, but also the strategies that we're using to help the body and mind recover between competition, between training boats, in between travel as well is absolutely critical, but we, we know how to do that now, right? And then, of course, you know, you look at the nutrition and hydration, the posture setup, and then the, the, the movement skills. The movement skills from a fundamental standpoint, we've had professional athletes that really don't know how to decelerate properly, that don't really know how to intentionally accelerate and use the ground on a first step. They're already some of the world's best athletes, but when they learn this, oh, oh man. You can just see the doorways opening up. You can see the dots connecting in their eyes. And the great thing about the working with elite performers who haven't been doing this is they, they transfer it into their, their sport performance almost immediately. It is, it is so much fun. But listen to me on the big picture. Here's where it gets really, really exciting. Move on the movement front. Okay, Once everything's taken care of, before we even start sport, can you imagine if we took the school systems? and taught the phys ed teachers how to teach movement. Can you imagine if we taught the phys ed teachers how to or organize their, their scheduling and their classes, to help maximize academic performance, right? And to make it fun for everyone. And don't get me wrong, there are so many great physical education teachers out there. Like hats off, hats off to the physical education teachers that really get it and understand and go, go that distance. I mean, they are just... They're more powerful than they think, you know, in the sporting world. And I say this humbly, but, you know, if you look at any sport organization, one of the most underrated, but probably the most important position in an organization is the performance people, the performance department, the strength and conditioning guys. They're with the players every single day. They drive recovery. They drive performance. They tweak and help balance things on a day-to-day basis, right? The coaches work with the players on the technical, tactical side, and they drive, you know, the team philosophy and, 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 and you know, how the team comes together in, in terms of facing an opponent uh, or for an individual athlete, you know, that your head coach will help you prepare for a major tournament or competition. But the performance team is probably the most valuable component of any sporting organization. Well, the phys ed teachers for me, if we look at our academic and our school, the phys ed teachers are the most important people in the building because if they do their job right, if they're allowed to do their job right, it helps every teacher teach those kids. And it helps those kids with their health and their wellness, right? There's so many great things that come out of it. And that's why the brain game now is officially one of the crush top priorities for sport performance. Is it number one? Is it above sleep and rest and recovery? That we have to figure out yet. There's still people out there that argue whether nutrition and hydration should be number two behind rest recovery and sleep being king overall. Does better nutrition and hydration help you sleep better? Or uh, is sleep the priority when it comes to what you eat? There's a balance there. But without question in our minds, sleep is number one. Is the brain game and everything that that entails, meditation, mindfulness, and all of the things that go along with the crisp brain game, should that be number one? Or does sleep have a major impact on that entire system, right? Well, maybe that's an individual thing. Maybe there's a flux there. Maybe these priorities need to change for athlete from athlete to athlete. But either way, these five things now, we believe, have to be addressed before we really, really attack performance in sport. All right? So exciting times. Okay, well, and it leads right into our next theme for 2022. 
And I'm really excited. We talked about it last week, of course. I'm really excited about this one because it just flows off of talent, talent ID and all the conversations we had revolving around the Crush Brain game. For 2022, our theme is organizational and team performance. And I'm telling you, we couldn't kick it off better. Next week's show is just going to be absolutely a crush epic. We are going to be joined by Joan Ryan, the author of the incredible book, Intangibles, Unlocking the Science and Soul of Team Chemistry. You know, uh, we sat around thinking, how should we kick off organizational and team performance? And uh, one of my good friends, Dave Jameson, uh, forwarded me the link to this book uh, early last or in the middle of last year. And I bought it couldn't put it down. It's fantastic. So I reached out to Joan and uh, she's on board having a great conversation about this and everything she's learned. And I think this is a great way to set the tone for uh, our conversation. So coming up next week, everybody, we are kicking off our 2022 theme, organizational and team performance. Please make sure you're there because this is going to be all powerful and this is going to feed what we're going to do here. Uh, right along with your emails, your questions, your comments, and everything that's going on in sport, okay? All right, we're way out of time here, so I got to go. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Get ready for next week, because I am fired up, and I can't wait. And until then, get out there, have some fun, stay safe, and get a little better. We'll talk to you next week on Crush Performance. Goodbye now. Don't forget to ride. This is a Rock Stops Here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Third Leg Greg, Greg Wolf, started as a kid in radio, started on the street team, and then he worked his way up to being on air, getting high ratings, to working for the Tampa Bay Lightning in the NHL as the in-arena host. Uh, He's the guy that gets the crowd going, and the job is harder than it looks, you know, and he touches on this. And then what we talked about afterwards when we were there. So uh, he's doing it. He's got a lot of uh, energy and passion and drive. And he's very successful. And another Rock Stops Here guest that is positive. There's a reason why these people are successful. Let me welcome in. Here he is, man. You've seen him at Lightning Games. He's going to the NHL All-Star game in Lost Wages. Yeah, they recruited him. They want him. The Wolfie. Greg, third leg. Greg Wolf. The Rock stops here with longtime radio and TV personality. Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and RadioInfluence.com.